went to him. He just has it. Five seconds to go. Bridges for three. Yes! Welcome back to episode 12 of the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening the past, well, how, 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. 12 weeks flying by, mid-October, getting really into the, the height of the college football and NFL seasons. Right around the corner before you know it, we're going to have college basketball. We're one week away from our first playoff rankings. So. Yeah, one week away from our first playoff ranking, which, spoiler, we will be... Uh, Discussing that a little bit today. We're going to beat the committee. We're going to give you our picks this week. Damn right. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of, I'm not even going to call it the good, bad, and the ugly. It's just going to be the ugly, really, for both <laughs> programs this week. Like I said, we're going to go into our college football picks. Going to get into our our pick em, our playoff picks. Then lastly, I'm going to talk a little uh, Detroit Lions football. Lane needs to vent. I need to vent. <laughs> if you follow me on social media, I went a little bit apeshit on Monday night, which if you don't like hearing me rant about the Lions, you're not going to like the end of this podcast. So, yeah. Um, some of it's justified. I mean, it is. There's... We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to we'll it. get there. Um, and before I really get into it again, just make sure you guys, if you haven't yet, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Spartans Wolverines Beard Podcast. Make sure you drop us a like, rate us, share us with your friends. Even if you tag one person in every status or one comment, it just helps get our names out there a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Uh, we're getting some ratings on Apple, which we appreciate those. Uh, of course, we want five stars, but anything good, let us know if you want us to talk about something. And any other platforms, I know we're on Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, all those things. Anything you're out there on, rate, review, share, yep. all that stuff, we it's greatly appreciated. Absolutely. So with that being said, I'm going to jump right into it. Don't get dirty. I'm uh, going to talk Spartans football. What was it, 38 nothing? Yeah, Madison at the, at the half. No, I, <laughs> it was bad. I, I, was, hey, I picked them to win, so I got more mud on me than yeah. I you got my yeah. Wow, wanted to shout out Kyle for giving me shit about uh, picking. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin. Pick Wisconsin. Well, that's why I picked Wisconsin. Yeah, well. um, yeah I think it was thirty-eight nothing. Uh, the only, I guess, good thing you could say about it was we bottled up Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he only had eighty yards. Only eighty yards, yeah, which so. that's good, but. Which you would think is the recipe for success. You would think. You know. You would hope. But then Jack Cohn happened. You know, and I've been thinking, like, ever since, because I was at one of my best buddy Jake's wedding. Uh, Congratulations, Jake and Amanda, if you're listening. Um, I was at their wedding this past weekend and didn't have any service, so it was killing me to (laughs) find. He was trying to send text messages to me. Please save me. Tell me what's happening. I don't have service. Yeah, and I I was too, because then it came. We were at the reception, and it came through and something like "Uh oh" or "Oh shit" or something like that. It's like "Oh god," and I get into the car and Kendra pulls it up and it shows the stat line and it's just a, a god awful stat line. There's no need to repeat it because we all know the story. Wisconsin came out and just 
made us their. They just dominated. They dominated. Yeah, there's no other word. To it was worse than the Michigan game. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They, they just flat out laid them on the ground. It's just, it was. It was hard to watch. Oh yeah. I mean, I was watching the game, and I'm like, wow. Well, my even my mother-in-law said to me, she goes, "It was hard to watch at halftime. I had to shut it off." And yeah. she watches zero football. Well, I mean, it went from 17 to nothing to 31 to nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like just done, game over. So I guess here's the thing, and it's it's not going to be it might not be popular with Spartan Nation, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it now because I am fully convinced. D'Antonio's got to go. It's well, time. You know, and I I think he's gone anyways. I don't think mentally he's there. And I said it at the beginning yeah. of the year. I brought it up to you that I thought this was going to be his last year. He just – he doesn't seem like he has it. Like, he doesn't have that push and that drive. Well, and there's – obviously there's something going on because we have our third transfer from the running back position entering into the portal this week. Wasn't there a linebacker too? Yeah. I thought I There's saw a, a linebacker. And the linebacker didn't get much playing time. No, so that, and, that's, well. and the two running back, two of the running backs didn't get much playing time. So, I mean, that is what it is. That's kind of the nature of the beast for college football right now. Right. But it, it's time. I mean, this program, you've gotten all the the dirt and the grime and everything with the sexual assault case and the the college itself is just in dark times, and you look to sports to try and lead you out of them. And as Dan, as the head coach and the CEO of Michigan State football, I would think as D'Antonio, I would say, all right, I'm going to be the beacon of hope for this college, and I'm going to lead us out of this. And he's not. He, Like you said, I don't think he cares. Uh, there's definitely not the fire. I mean, the only thing I saw of any fire in the, in this whole season was that the fake punt that they ran, yeah. which was their biggest play from scrimmage and their most rushing yards, and the entire game was a fake punt. He got in the offense's ass a little bit, but then after that it was just back to the whole stoic, you know, right. soft clap. I forget where I heard it from, but somebody made the comment was he just looked cold. Yeah. Not cold like in his soul, but he's just like, I'm just standing here cold watching a football game. Like there was that wasn't a head coach. That wasn't Mark D'Antonio that went to the playoffs. Nope. That wasn't it's not the same guy. No. There's... So I don't know if he's defeated because of all this stuff that's happening. And then there's different allegations coming about about assistant coaches saying X, Y, and Z about yeah. you and all the criticism. I don't know if he's just over it. I don't know what it is, but it's not the same guy. No, it's not. And and looking forward, we've got a bye week this, this week, thank God. But then we play Penn State. And you guys are going to see Penn State this weekend. Yeah. I mean, luckily, the only good thing we have for us is it's Penn State at home. That is the only good thing. And you're not going to get the Spartan fan base out there. They're not going to show up. you kidding me? I wouldn't show up. You're When your offense is laying, taking a dump on a field every week, saying, oh, this is best I got. I mean, I Brian Lewerke is a leading passer in the Big Big Ten right now. But what is he doing for you? Right. He's leaving. Put Lombardi in. It's. I mean, you say to Brian, say thank you for your time. We're not doing anything. Let's build. let's try to build. Let's future. try to build. And they're not doing that. And as as and as a Spartan fan who has adamantly defended D'Antonio, who has gotten in arguments about D'Antonio with people. It's time. So my question then is, it's time in your eyes, and I know there's other Spartan fans that agree 100% with that statement. 
does he have the self-awareness enough to come out and say, yeah, I know that I'm done and try to help the program and not Bobby Bowden it and stick around too long and say, hey, I'm going to, this is going to be it. So they can start looking for a coach so they can try to save the recruiting aspect of it. Because if he waits till the end of the year and steps down, you're looking at probably four or five years of downward in Michigan State because that's a program that relies on finding the recruits that fit mm-hmm. them. They're not going to go get the five-star no. shiny guys. They're not going to get them. They rely on getting the right fits for them. And if you wait, you're going to screw yourself in recruiting. I personally think he, he is going to wait. I, I mean, I, I hate saying it, but I think if he steps away, I see him becoming like an athletic director. I see him becoming something else in that college. I really do because he of what he's done for that football program. Like, I'm not knocking. So you're thinking the Barry Alvarez route? I'm thinking the Barry Alvarez route. I really do. I mean, it might not necessarily be a terrible thing, but... On the other side of that, the flip side of it is D'Antonio leaving. The next question is going to be is who's out there? I heard a name today that I was like, uh, I heard Luke Fickle. See, and I don't want Luke Fickle at all. You're following the same process. Right. You know the name that I, as a Michigan fan, that I don't want to hear mm. is P.J. Fleck. I don't want P.J. Fleck yeah. there. And Fleck's not, Fleck's not leaving Minnesota. I mean, well, he will, but it's, he will, it's but it's going to be for a, a big, big job. Yeah, it's not going to be Michigan State. And and so then the next the next step is like you said, is who's out there? I don't want Luke Fickle. A part of me would want Pat Narduzzi, but I don't want Pat Narduzzi because it's part of that D'Antonio lineage. What has Narduzzi proven at Pitt? Right. You know, he, he hasn't proven anything. And it's shit ACC. He hasn't yeah. won anything. And that's the thing is that I. If this happens that D'Antonio does decide to leave at the end of the season or he is let go, start fresh. Go out. Go young. Go young. Get somebody that's going to bring excitement into the program because we are so damn vanilla right now. Well, we just, I forget, I can't think of the guy's name. We just talked about Eastern Michigan's coach. Yeah. He's a hot name for the Rutgers job. He's in state. He's up the road. Young name. I mean, maybe that's a route you look at. I mean, I, I, me personally, I would love to make a big splash. I mean, but it's not. It's not the Mich- It's not Michigan. It's not it's, the big market. To it's not the that, big market. Right? It's East Lansing. It's not. We're not going to get that huge name. If you're so, always going to be second fiddle to the basketball program, exactly. You're always behind Izzo. And what I would hope is that you do get somebody that comes. If this happens, this is all hypothetical. If this happens, somebody comes in and says, "All right, we're stripping it bare bones. We're start. You know, D'Antonio gave us one hell of a legacy. He's got a great legacy here. He's given us a lot. It's time to take this program in a different direction. I Let's think start. You have to do that. You have to do yeah. that. We can't." You can't, and this just drives me insane because every week you watch Ohio State and you watch, you're watching Penn State. You're watching these teams just innovate in the Big Ten. And then you just got Michigan State, power eye. <laughs> I'm going to run spread, but. Spread tendencies. Spread tendencies, but I'm kind of afraid because I don't have the athletes for it. And right. I don't know. As a state fan, I'm fed up. I'm tired. I'm saying it loud, and I'm going to say it again. 
Fired Antonio, this is a six and six ball club. So I made this comment a couple weeks ago on a podcast. Do you? I can. I, it's it's starting to shake out what I said. Week of the Michigan game, he comes out, and that's when the press conference is. Okay, this is going to be my last season as a rallying cry to try to win that game. I can fully see that happening. You right see, now. I could see it happening, but my next question is: Does he care enough? Yeah. If you but if if you think it's a situation where like the Barry Alvarez treatment, he has to. Yeah. If he cares enough about that university, then he has to be self-aware enough to know what's happening. Right. So that's the biggest question is, does he have that? And well, I mean, the next big curveball could be is he's looking at a potential job somewhere else and he's... Yeah, he's looking at a potential USC. But he's like in sixty. He's like sixty-five. He's right? sixty. He's older. But I mean, you got Mac Brown coming back and coaching. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's back in North Carolina. He didn't go to a big yeah, market. That's, that's true. That's true. I mean, if if D'Antoni is willing to take a step down, I can see that. But I don't see him taking a step. He's up going to sixty-five. Up. He's going to step up. Right. Yeah. So. So it's kind of my mini rant about Michigan State. Um, I I have a whole hell of a lot more to say, but we don't have that much. We don't have enough time to go over you it. Could all. Do a whole podcast. I could that. do a whole podcast just <laughs> ranting about Michigan State football. So before I dive into that deep end of the pool, Jordan, let's talk Michigan football. So yeah, I think the the frustrations aren't quite as high with Michigan right now, but they're definitely high. Given the, what happened in, in Illinois and that game, you can break it out to three games. I mean, it was 28 nothing. Michigan was just rolling. Everything looked good, kind of the way it should have been. Had over 200 yards rushing, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And the defense was playing good. And then all of a sudden, end of the half, Illinois puts a decent drive together. And then all of a sudden, it's a 25 to nothing run. So now you're only up three. So game one, Michigan wins 28-0. Game two, Illinois wins 25-0. And then Michigan rights the ship. The offense quits turning the ball over again. And a couple more drives, a couple defensive stands. And they put it away. It was a 42-25 or something. I mean, the game never really felt in doubt, even when they were only up three. But it was just so frustrating because it's the same things over and over and over and over again. Turnovers, dumb penalties, Ben Mason. Uh, you probably didn't see it, but they run him on a little crossing route, and it was a great play design if you actually rewind it back and look. I mean, the, the scheme that they drew up to, to get people open, there was like three guys open there. And if the ball's thrown correctly, he walks in for a touchdown, but it's a bad pass, and then he stupidly shoulder checks somebody and gets a 15-yard penalty, and then they end up missing the field goal, so they get no points out of the deal. So it's like just dumb penalties and turnovers are just killing this offense. And the offense isn't good enough for stupid shit like that to keep happening. I mean, you've got to take care of the little stupid things. And I honestly think this offense could start to go. Mm -hmm. The schemes and the tendencies, they're they're there. Mm -hmm. You can see it happening, but they have 17 fumbles, and they've lost eight of them this year. Wow, I did not realize that. They're second in the nation in fumbles this year. Second to last. Like they're yeah. they're in the basement for it. You lost eight fumbles, so that's eight drives that you have taken away because of that. I don't know what their points per possession are, but just add eight more drives to it. Right. You I mean, and I know three of them were in the red zone. There's more points. I mean, they just stop beating yourself. Because mm-hmm. the defense seems like it's getting in stride. Yes, they have moments. There's still a lot of young players playing in that defense, so Mistakes and breakdowns happen, and I still get mad at Don Brown for his stubbornness that he just he's getting better. 
We're making baby steps. Got to keep growing, but we're, we're going to get there. Didn't, didn't Don Brown make a comment, too, about something about not playing man and blitzing or something like that? He made the comment, if you tell me I can't be aggressive, then I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm gone. Which, yeah. you can be aggressive, and you can right. blitz in zone, and, and he has to some. I mean, he, he's adapting. Mm-hmm. He is adapting a little bit. I'd like to see some more growth, especially when you get to the Penn States, the Notre Dames, the Ohio States, where there, where there are the horses that can burn you. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, to me, Michigan's entire season starts now. Oh, yeah. Like, the first part of the year you had the Wisconsin game where you fell flat on your face, and I think that game shouldn't have been nearly as bad as it was. You just, it was a perfect storm of bad. You know, you fumble to start the game at the goal line, and then a couple bad run fits, and the game's just out of hand before you know it. So, but everything else before that, not really a whole lot to talk about. Those were games that everybody expected them to win, and they won. So now you got Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State, and then there's Maryland and Indiana mixed in there too. Mm-hmm. Your entire season now is every game is a must win, yep. and every game should be treated as a playoff game. Every single game at this point. Because if you lose, your season is done at this point. Yeah. Now everybody says if you lose to Notre Dame, you can still go to the Big Ten. If you lose, your season's done. That's my thought on it. So every single game has to be treated as a must-win game. And it starts tonight, or it starts this weekend. Mm -hmm. You're in Happy Valley. If you go to Happy Valley and you win, it changes everybody's outlook on this entire season. It does. I mean, Penn State is being built. I mean, they're ranked 7th in the AP now. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it personally. I don't think they're that good. They're no. they're a top fifteen team, but I don't think they're a top ten team. So, to me, this this whole thing just boils down to clean up the stupid shit, and it's all discipline. D- dumb penalties, get rid of them, and fumbles, get rid of them. And this is a totally different. We're not having these conversations. Oh no, no. If you get rid of the stupid no discipline, and that goes back to coaching. Mm-hmm. Players not being disciplined and fumbles and all that's to me that does go back to coaching to an extent because you've got to teach discipline. Mm-hmm. You teach ball security. I mean, there's a reason guys like Mike Hart and Karan Higgin didn't fumble. They were they were meticulous about mm-hmm. running the ball. They had that ball high and tight all the time. I don't care about breaking away for a 60-yard touchdown run. Don't fumble the ball. If you only get 15 to 20 and you don't fumble it, that's better than getting 45 and getting stripped. Yeah. So, to me, that's the biggest thing I have. I mean, don't fumble the ball, no dumb penalties, and let's just see if this team can be what we thought it was at the start of the year. Because the talent is still there. The roster is still loaded with talent, and they show glimpses of, wow, Mm -hmm. there it is. I see that 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 that's the image that that's the stock that we saw, but then you just go back to fumble, 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 fifteen yard penalty, fifteen yard penalty. Just there was two penalties and late hits out of bounds. That's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Stop. You've got to be smarter. And if they can't do it, then it's an eight and fourteen. I well, mean, and that's the next thing I was going to ask you is that I mean you're you like you said your your season starts this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you've got Penn State, and then you've got, who do you have after that? Notre Dame next week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Then you have Notre Dame, which if you guys beat Penn State this weekend, 
should be game day, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if they would do it back-to-back weeks for Michigan, because game day is in Happy Valley this weekend. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I did so, not realize that. Plus, you have Ohio State-Wisconsin next weekend, I think. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, I, think that's I think that's why they did it the way they did it. Okay. Because there's not a whole lot of other big games this weekend, and I'm pretty sure Ohio State-Wisconsin is okay. next weekend, and they're going to be Oh, they're going to be for that one. All right, so omit that one from the tape. Yeah. But, so you've got Penn State... Notre Dame, then you got... And I think it's Maryland, by week Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio okay. State. I think that's how it falls out. So say say you lose to Penn State. Say you lose to Notre Dame. So you guys would be what? Be it makes, makes you 5-3. 5-3. Three. Three. Yeah. So then you beat Maryland. Say somehow Michigan State figures out that they can actually do something offensively. Say you lose that game. So you're sitting at 6-4 six six, and, four. Six and four with Ohio State coming into town. Say you finish 7-5. Do you say that D'Antonio and Harbaugh are both in deep for losing their jobs? I mean, I would Har- say yeah. Harbaugh's never going to get fired. That, that I mean, just the way the university is, he's never going to get fired, barring controversy and then like right. completely the bottom dropping out of the program. He's just got too much support there. Now, do I hope that he is self-aware enough to step and say, hey, maybe I just can't get it done? I would hope so. Seven and five, I would hope that conversation is happening mm-hmm. because that's unacceptable any year ever at Michigan. It should mm-hmm. never be seven and five. And that's the point I was getting to in. is that at what point as a Michigan fan do you say, hey, this is unacceptable? Oh, if they're seven and five, you're going to be hearing for it. Yeah. Every fan in the country will be saying it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, let's call P.J. Fleck because I'm okay with that. <laughs> you see, and I think – like, if P.J. Fleck came to Michigan, that energy, yep. oh, my if God. If you can inject that energy into this team, they're undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. I 100% believe that. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to the Pick'em segment. But I think this team has the talent. They have the weapons. They have the tools. Can they get out of their own way? Mm-hmm. That's my biggest. Yeah. Can you get out of your own way and just – Play clean, sound football. If they play four quarters of clean, sound football against Penn State, there's no reason they can't beat them. Hmm. So. No, there's not. I mean, it's just interesting. Yeah, both programs are kind of teetering at the breaking point right now. I'd say State's at or over that point. I think, I think State is at their breaking point, and one more loss puts them over it. Mm-hmm. Michigan has a, they have a little bit of leeway to breaking point, mm-hmm. but it's, it's on the horizon. You mm-hmm. can see it now. So... What do you got? Any other thoughts before we wrap this part of Earth's segment up? We're getting not. Um, I'm tired with Sparty. I'm I'm good. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we'll wrap this up and roll into our pick'em segment here next. There's our music for the Pick'em segment. Um, so, quick... Uh, I hate doing it. Quick recap again. Last week, Lane wins again. Texas can't help me out. I get no love. Michigan State, that was... A, I felt my face with that one. So, Lane goes 10-4 last week. I go 9-5. So, now he is plus 4 on the season. 84-30. and 30 and Let's get it! 80-34. to 34, So... This week we've got a, we've got some toss up games, mm-hmm. so we could have something different here. Lane hasn't got any of his picked yet. I got a couple of mine I haven't picked yet. So and spreads are really really close on our games this week. So we'll see we'll see kind of how this plays out, and we'll see if we can't uh, if I can't make up some ground. 
So first game we got on the docket is Ohio State going to Northwestern. Northwestern can't score a lick, so Ohio State is minus 28. I did just see that because the ALCS got rained out, this game is now moving from FS1 to the Big Ten Network. Oh. Not that that really matters for the game, but for viewing purposes, if you were watch, hoping to watch this game Friday night, 8.30, it's on BTN now, not FS1. Hmm. So, park that down. I got Ohio State. I, I don't know if they cover Northwestern's defense is good, but... I know they ain't gonna score. No, if they get to th- to ten, that's impressive. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't. Not even worth talking about the Buckeyes' role. Yeah. So next game we got Purdue at Iowa. Iowa's coming off back to back losses, tough losses. One at home, one on the road. Penn State and Michigan. They're seventeen and a half, laying seventeen and a half to Purdue team that went to Maryland and smacked Maryland last week. Shorthanded, so Brown's playing a lot of freshmen right now. I think he's doing Smart. his he's doing his best thing to say, "Hey guys, look, we got talent here. Come in and help us." So, I mean, I'm taking Iowa at home, but it'll be interesting to see how this Purdue team kind of grows going forward. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely interesting to see what Purdue is doing with this youth, and I think it. I think hell, that's kind of what I hope Michigan State does. You're at the point in the season where season's lost. Put some young guys in. Let them the future. Experience. Sure. So the next game, Wisconsin at Illinois. Jonathan Taylor might run for 300 yards in this game. Oh, God. Illinois' run defense is atrocious. I mean, Michigan racked up almost 300 yards rushing on him. So I could see Jonathan Taylor getting himself into the Heisman. I mean, he doesn't get any talk about it, and he should be with the mm-hmm. numbers he's putting up. So I didn't. They didn't have a line out for this, but probably because it's so big. But, <laughs> but I'm taking Wisconsin big, and I'm calling. What do you got? I'm going over under. Over under two twenty five rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. What are you doing? I'm going to go under because I think they sit him after halftime. I think pitch count kind of thing. I think it's pitch I'm count. I'm taking the over because I think he gets 225 in the first half. Oof. That Iowa defense. You see, I think he gets about 175, about two or three scores, and they sit him for Ohio State next week. Well, that's, it's smart. Mm. It's smart to do that, but Illinois' defensive line has got awful. So... Next game, we're going to the Big 12, high noon, Iowa State Cyclones at Texas Tech. Texas Tech's a hard team to get a read on. It's so hard. Pulling upset one week, look like shit the next week. Iowa State's minus seven on the road. Iowa State, Matt Campbell, they just, you know, I feel like they they got a bad rap because, you know, they lost the Iowa game and all that, or they mm-hmm. gave up all the yards. and But all they've done outside of that, they just kind of took care of business and won. So I'm taking the Cyclones at Tech, but I don't feel good about it. But you see, and I'm actually – I'm taking Texas Tech on this one. I, I'm hoping that – you do get a team this week that does come out and look. <laughs> you get good tech. You get good tech, not bad tech. <laughs> and you got a four-game cushion, so and you got I, one to gamble on. Yeah, I got one to gamble on. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, Red Raiders on this one. Okay, next game, back in the Big Ten, Indiana at Maryland. Maryland is just like, what, what, is, what are they? They are a head-scratcher if you've ever seen one. Josh Jackson's hurt, so Piggy, Piggy's now their quarterback, Terrell Pigram. And he's still there? Yeah. Piggy. The piggy is back. Oh my god! It seems so, like it's been there eight years. I know. Uh, Maryland's only minus five and a half, so that's a little closer than I thought. Even did I say Maryland? Indiana. Yeah. Indiana is minus five and a half. Sorry. No, you're good, man. At Maryland, so I, I'm taking the Hoosiers. And I, 
oddly the points. Oh yeah, I'm confident in 14 to 18 point win here. I think. Oh yeah, Indiana seems like they're hitting their stride. Yeah. Next game, uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers minus 28 and a half at Rutgers, and I am taking Minnesota in a cover. Yeah, Minnesota. There. What a like. PJ Flex doing his thing. I mean, I'm not. Granted, Minnesota's schedule isn't the greatest thing in the world, but being undefeated is undefeated. They're six and zero. Like they're they're something that a lot of teams in the country are still. Mm-hmm. They got a zero in the loss column. Mm-hmm. So uh, next game. Ooh, this is a fun one. This is this is a game I'm very very interested in, and I'm glad it's at three thirty because I'd like to watch it before the Michigan game. Oregon at Washington. Washington's been a roller coaster all year. You know, if you get one week, they're really good. Like yeah, that's the team that we thought could make the playoff, and then the next week's like. You lose to Cal. Yeah. So, and then Oregon's done nothing but steamroll people since they lost to Auburn. So, Oregon's minus three on the road. So, they are a favorite on the road. It's tough. I'm taking the Ducks. Yeah. I just, I think they are the best Pac 12 team. And spoiler alert, they'll get mentioned later today. But. We'll see how how far up the rankings they get mentioned, but they will get a mention later. So where are you at? I'm I'm going to Oregon as well. Um, I do think this is a, a win. Because I can't remember what Washington's record is right now, but I think they're like four and two. Okay, so I mean, I think this is a game that people could see Oregon relatively losing easily, but I'm going to take Oregon, and I think this is going to be a game to. Help put Justin Herbert a little bit back on the map because you are starting to get into to uh, draft stock season, and I think this could be a game that helps bump his stock up. Yeah, Washington's five and two right now. Okay, so they're not a bad team at all. They're ranked twenty fifth right now. Yeah. Next game is one I don't have picked yet. I'm st- still tossing around Temple at SMU. Funny thing I heard on one of the podcasts I listened to today. Somebody called SMU second chance you. Kind of play on the yeah. last chance you think because their coach Sonny Dykes mm-hmm. rebirthed there, and they have another assistant coach who was a head coach somewhere that's back in playing. They got Shane Bichelle from Texas who's getting his new shot, and it's like it's almost like yeah, that's kind of a good pitch. They should use that on recruiting. Like, hey guys, come here. We're just kind yeah, of helping all the experience. We're yeah. rehabilitating guys. If mm-hmm. you don't want to go JUCO, you can come play for us. Mm-hmm. So they're six and zero. Another undefeated team. Minus seven and a half with Temple coming to town. And Temple's got that stingy defense, and they've helped me a couple times this year. So I'm going to let you pick first because I still don't know what I want to do. Um, if it were Temple at home, I would feel confident with Temple. I think on the road, SMU, maybe a little bit more of a hostile environment. I'm, I'm going to take the Mustangs on this one. To me, the only reason I, I'm going to take SMU too, the only reason is because seven and a half – Vegas is saying that they know something because it's mm-hmm. not it's not a pick'em game. They're right. saying SMU is a full touchdown better. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna take SMU also. Uh, another game that is really interesting: Baylor Bears undefeated, just keep surviving mm-hmm. at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is the favorite for really? this game. They are minus three and a half at home. Baylor's just not getting the respect. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule's doing things, and Baylor's quarterback, he just love it. Charlie Brewer. I just, that's just a good name. It sounds like a very Texas, Oklahoma. I was thinking that's a baseball name. That is, yeah. Uh, he should be a pitcher in the 80s. Yeah. He probably was a pitcher in the 80s. There's probably a Charlie Brewer out there. but So, yeah, Oklahoma State minus 3.5 at home with the Bears. I'm taking the Pokes. I'm taking Oklahoma State. Something about that mullet. 
You know, I'm going with Mike Gundy. I'm a man. <laughs> he's like, he's, now he's 50, not yeah. 40. So, but <laughs> I'm retired. I just I don't trust Baylor enough to no. go on the road and win that game. You know, and it's funny. I I'm actually going to gamble on this one. I'm going with Baylor. I. I, I like the I like that mojo they've got hey, going right they're, now. They're playing very good, so it's not a I'm not going to slight that one bit. Next game, I keep putting these on the schedule just to piss Lane off. Arizona State <laughs> at Utah. Utah's minus thirteen and a half. The fighting dick. The fighting Herb Edwards just keep helping me, and I'm riding them again. I'm going with the Sun Devils at Utah. Chalk it up, Jane Daniels, freshman of the year in the country, not the Pac-12. The f- true freshman of the year is Jaden Daniels, their quarterback. Arizona State is going to be in the Pac-12 championship game. I'm calling it. That's good. I got the Sun Devils beating the Utes. See, and I've also got the Sun Devils Damn it, you just stole my I got all pipe. See? See, because I have to, I mean, at this point in the season, I have to have Arizona State win, win out, because Michigan State looks like dog shit, and I have to say, hey, that's a, that's a good team. <laughs> yeah. Next game, uh, Tulane at Memphis. Memphis is minus four. Memphis coming off that tough loss last week, but fell out of the top 25. Uh Tulane's a sneaky team. Yeah. They they like to slow you down and grind it out a little bit more. And at Memphis, I think Memphis gets a rebound. I got the Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah, I've got I've got Memphis as well. I think that running game's gonna cause some problems for Tulane. Yeah. So another another game here, seven o'clock in Kalamazoo. Or no, that's an Ypsilanti. Yeah, that's an, an, that's an Eastern this year. So Western at Eastern, another directional Michigan game. Western's minus eight and a half. And I know I told you, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, that I thought Eastern was the best directional school in the state, and you said even better than Western. I said yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a U-turn. I'm taking the Broncos. You're taking the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos. I, I, yeah. All right. Um, this one's tough for me because it's a Mac school, so I. I can't say that there's really that much home field advantage. Not trying to slight math schools in any way. It just I don't see it. Um, God, this is a tough one for me. Um, could be your future head coach. Could be. <laughs> could be. Um, I'm gonna go Western as well. I like that offense. Really, really racking his brain on that. Was that 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 hurt a little bit? (laughs) So uh, next game, 10:15 Saturday night, Boise State at BYU. Boise is minus six and a half. Um, BYU's kind of they just played everybody tough, but I'm I'm gonna take the Broncos. I got Boise State. Yeah, I really like that freshman quarterback they've got out there right now, which. Could rival Jay McDaniels for no. freshman of the year. Get off him. <laughs> so, uh, last game on our docket is Michigan at Penn State. It's obviously, it's game day. It's 7.30. It's kind of the hype game everybody's been talking about. So, I'll let you go ahead and give us what your thoughts are on it first before I go into it. Um, You know, it's kind of like we've talked about earlier. It's it's hard to tell what kind of Michigan team you're going to get. Um. I'm taking Penn State. I Michigan is very similar to kind of how my school is right now. As I I have no faith in that offense. I I think in that kind of environment, whiteout game day, 
Penn State, Death Valley, not Happy Valley, excuse me, is always rocking. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State, and I, I hate saying it to you, buddy, but I'm going to take Penn State big. Yeah? So, I can't say any, I can't say I take Penn State big because the, the two teams that they played with a pulse so far this year were Pitt and Iowa. And they scored 13 and 17 points, respectively, against those teams. That's true. So while they put up the big sexy numbers against Idaho and against Maryland and those those other teams that they should do that against, when they play teams with a good defense, which I think Michigan has a good defense, they haven't been as dominant. So I don't I don't worry about getting blown out in this game unless, like I said, we're just putting the ball on the ground and throwing picks and just unless we flat out beat ourselves. I see this game very close. This they got Penn State <laughs> minus nine right now. Really? Yeah, it's and I get it. I completely get it. I don't disagree with it one bit. But I see this as a three point game. Either way. It's fair. Either way. And if if Michigan can not turn the ball over and if they go turnover free they win the game. That's my that's my thought on it. Ooh. Turnover free they win the game because I think they can they can muck it up enough on defense and they can they can slop a game together. I yeah. don't think it I think it's gonna be like 17-14. I bet the under, but just mistake free football and I'm I'm gonna I've got to hold on to hope, and I'm going to take Michigan. All right. I'm going to hold on to hope, and I'm going to say that it's this week. The fourth quarter against Illinois, there started to be some signs of life. You started to see it where there was urgency, like, oh, shit, we just got punched in the face, and we've looked bad, and things aren't going right, and all of a sudden the – it clicked, and then people were open, and Shea Patterson was making reads, and he started running the ball. And he starts pulling the ball, and they get that quarterback read game into it, and they're not turning over, and they're not dumb penalties. I think it can click. So it has to click this week, like we right. said, or it's over. So basically, I ride this pick out. If they win, I take it. And if they don't, then going forward, I don't have to pick them anymore. I don't have to feel, <laughs> you feel no obligation. No, I feel if they lose this week, I feel no reason to have to pick them in any big game. They'll beat Maryland, they'll beat Indiana, and they lose the rest of the games. I mean, yeah, I, I reserve the right to do that. So wait, did you just say state's going to beat you guys? I didn't say state. You said they. I said lose. they beat Maryland, they beat Indiana, and they lose other games. <laughs> so the rest of the games. Hey, <laughs> we'll have to play it back and listen. I don't know. So I will take Michigan. Just don't turn the ball over. That's, yeah. I mean, don't turn the ball over, and you can at least be in the game. And it, a lot of people have said if they go on the road and win this game, it's a career-defining win for Harbaugh. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they go win this game, I think the I think everything goes away. Mm-hmm. If they go win this game, everybody stops talking. Oh, my doubt goes away. But absolutely. the question then becomes, as well, is Penn State really that good? Because you know that'll happen. Oh, yeah. If they win the game, that, that will happen. It, Penn State's really not that good. They're not a play. They weren't really a playoff contender. Right. We had them ranked seventh in the country, but they weren't really that good. That'll be the narrative if they win. So we'll see. I mean, night game at Happy Valley. Penn State has covered the spread eight, all eight times. So in whiteout games. We'll see. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun. I'm taking the Wolverines. Maybe the last time this year. Well, not last. Yeah, as they know, no, no. One of the few me. times left this year. So, <laughs> uh, I think you did some tallies over there. What do we got? Three different, four different. This three week? different. So I can either blow this thing wide open or make a little dent. Make a little dent. I'm gonna keep nickel and dime our way back into it. So we're gonna hard segue right into our college football playoff. Uh, 
Karens. I did one through four, yep. and then I kind of laid out my top eleven also, which is a little far, but I just did it just to yeah. for my own mindset. Yeah, and so I had one versus four, two versus three, just kind of what the matchups look like. But why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, give us your number four team? Who should, we'll do this like a selection preview reveal. Uh, my number four team is the Clemson Tigers. Uh, We've talked about it last week. They haven't really played anybody. I still think they are the national champs. I still think they deserve a conversation. I do think they deserve a seat at that table. So at number four, I've got Clemson. My number four. See, you're you're given the whole national champ. You get a seat yeah. at the table. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. This is a different season. These are different teams. My number four is the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. I think they've shown enough defensively to me to say that they can compete at that level, and yeah. offensively, obviously, Lincoln Riley's a genius. Oh, yeah. So, offensively, you know they can score with anybody. Rumor so. to the Cowboys job already. Yeah, Jason Garrett's got to get fired first. Yeah. So, he might get fired in the league. I was yeah. That's pretty funny. But, so, that was my number four. My number three team might be a little surprised. I got Bama at three. At three? At three. Um... For no reason, though, because I think my number one and number two team are have been more impressive. I, uh, yeah. Bama's Bama's done nothing to suggest that they shouldn't be in, but I don't think they've done enough to merit one or two. Because my one or two have just, in my opinion, performed better. So Bama's comfortable in at three, but not good enough to be my one or two. What do you got, at number three? Uh, number three, I've got Ohio State. Um, I think we kind of all have the same teams, but we're a little bit jumbled about rankings. Um, Ohio State's proven that they are one of the best, maybe if not the best, team of the country. I still would like to see them go into a big game outside of a Michigan State team that now looks like dog doo-doo and go maybe into Madison next week. and I think that's it. There. That's in Columbus is the biggest thing. Oh, it's in Columbus? I thought it was Madison. They don't play a ranked road team on the road until they play to go to Michigan. See, and I think that hurts them. Well, it helps them. But it helps they're them, They're going to keep blowing people Oh, out. yeah. They're... But if they lose that Michigan game, mm-hmm. then that's where you can say it hurts them. So, yeah. so and then I'll do what we go and just... Yeah, go ahead. What's number right. two? So number two is LSU. Um, I think... Between Ohio State and LSU, I think you have the two best teams in the nation. Um, I would love to see that as the title game. I mean, can you imagine the points in that game? The athletes. Oh, my God. 45-41. Easily. I mean, it. I don't want to see Ohio State make the national title game, but the way this is lined up, I mean, right now it would be two against three, and that would be a fun semi. So, uh, who you got, number two? Uh, my two is Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, my one and two, uh, they, I mean, it's I have Ohio State two and LSU one. Yeah. I mean, to me, LSU has the best resume so far. Win at Texas, and then they handled Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are... Those are two better wins than anybody else has got on their schedule right yeah. now. So, And then Ohio State has just done everything they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They've blown everybody out. They haven't had any scares. Um, mm-hmm. The first week of the season was their closest game. Yeah. That was against FAU and Justin Fields' first start in that system. So, I mean, they've, they've had nothing to – they haven't turned me away at all. I mean, no. they've done everything they're supposed to do. They've blown everybody out. They've looked damn impressive doing it. So – with that, it tells you that I have Clemson on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it earlier with their strength of schedule being terrible and they've played close games. 
And to me, they haven't earned it. So, what's your number one? I think, well, we, I think we're pretty sure we know who Yeah, I mean, my number one is Bama. Um, I do think, I agree with you that LSU has better wins. I think right now, I just, I, I just think overall, I'm thinking how the voters could possibly, how the whole poll could look, and I'm, I'm going to go with Bama 1. When also I go that way because I want to see Bama against Clemson in the semi instead of a friggin' title game because I'm tired <laughs> of seeing it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what we've got. I, I mean, Bama, LSU, and Ohio State are the three best teams in the nation. To me, you can jumble any of those up and legitimately have any reason. So your, your line, then, you have Clemson at four, you said, right? Yeah. So how close is... Clemson at four to I'm, I'm guessing probably Oklahoma, Wisconsin at five and six. Yeah, razor thin. Yeah, Ra- I mean like, with I mean Clemson goes in their next game and ekes out a win. You're out. See to me, Oklahoma is further away from Clemson than Clemson is from Wisconsin. I, I have Clemson five, Wisconsin six. I can have Wisconsin jump Clemson very, very easily. But it's going to be hard to convince me for Clemson to jump Oklahoma right now or Wisconsin to jump Oklahoma right now. My See, top four, I think my top four is up, and then there's a gap, mm-hmm. and then there's five and six, mm-hmm. and then there's a gap, and then there's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So that's fair. So, mm-hmm. and I have Oregon at seven. Yeah, I think yeah, I and I don't have Penn State in my top eleven right now. Like I said, I think they're a top fifteen team, but I don't think they're a top ten team. So Oregon at seven. Mm -hmm. If Oregon keeps winning and a couple of these guys stumble, they could backdoor their way right into it. So if I had to guess, your number eight probably Notre Dame, Auburn, Auburn, not bad. Auburn, Georgia, Notre Dame. It's kind of so you got Georgia in there even after the. The disappointment in South Carolina. Body of work, they still beat Notre Dame. Still good win there. True. I mean, we, Ohio State's proven in years past that juggernauts can stumble against lesser teams. That's true. And while I do think South Carolina kind of showed a blueprint, and I think actually think Notre Dame showed the blueprint on how to beat them, they just didn't execute as well. I think Georgia's still got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Florida Georgia game will be interesting. To yeah. see how that plays out, so I think that'll just—I uh, think that wraps up our college playoff picks for this for this week. All right, so to wrap this week's episode up, Lane, Lane, he's shaking over there already. Wants to. Uh, we got to recap this Monday Night Football debacle that was the Lions at Packers. Full disclosure, I fell asleep during it. So I saw the good parts. Yeah. When I fell asleep, I think it was 13 nothing. I'm like, so, hey. I saw the good parts of the game. I didn't yeah. see. I didn't get to watch all the bad stuff live. I had to watch the highlights. So I know you have a lot to say, and you have a lot of thoughts. So why don't you go ahead, lay it on us, and I'll... I'm going to throw in some tidbits on there, too, that I don't know if you're going to like. But. You're going to stir the pot? I, I might. Oh, Jesus. I might. Um, so, before I really dive deep into this Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers, I should say NFL officials victory. Um, <laughs> so, if you did watch the game, it was, in my opinion, an exact replica or exact example, you could say, of what is killing the NFL right now. It's not, it's not players kneeling. It's not 
concussions, it is officiating. Bad product. Bad product. Like, we. I don't want to just jump right in and rant on this thing. I mean, the game opened up really but well. you really I do. really want to, but I'm not going to. Um, the game started off, I mean, first play Stafford does a flea flicker. And Which I love that play. Oh, my God. I that was, that. That was that was, I mean, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. You go into Lambeau, you've got to punch him in the mouth, and that's what they did. Kenny Galladay. Damn near was gone. I actually give that play credit to, to carry on because he sold that hard. Oh he got God, deep yeah. into the hole before he pitched that back, and that's key with that play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, they open up there. They, It's kind of indicative of what the night was going to become. <laughs> Next play, Stafford fumbles it. No, he tripped, didn't he? He, he tripped, and he fumbled. Oh, did he fumble it? Oh, yeah, he no, fumbled, he fumbled it. it. I say he tripped over like a guard, a pulling guard or something. Yeah, he tripped, fumbled it. So that was a dead play. Then we just do a carry-on run, and that's a dead play, kick a field goal. So then Packers come out, and Packers don't do anything. Punt, we go down, score a touchdown, 10-0. Great start. I mean, that's what you need to do when you go to Lambeau. You need to come out hot. You need to show what we've got. We're going to punch you in the mouth, and that was great. And then it hit second quarter, and then it hit halftime, and then that's when I feel like the officiating took this game over. Um, just a quick recap. You had three questionable calls in this game. They gave the Packers 16 points. Three calls. The phantom pass interference call, or not pass interference, but the uh, unnecessary roughness where Tracy Walker is going for the ball and Geronimo Allison is going for it as well. You can actually see Tracy pull off because he knows he's going to hit him helmet to helmet. And he gets flagged, 15-yard penalty, extension, extend the drive, next play touchdown. Like you, so that, I mean, that's one thing. And even the head of officiating on ESPN said, hey, that's a, that's a bad call. I mean, he even said on it, this is a bad call. So that's whatever. Lions go down, kick another field goal. And that's, I mean, Matt Prater, Jordan has him on his fantasy team, was a god this week. In a losing effort. In a losing effort. But he was a god. And so then you have, you get into the fourth quarter. Again, you get third and long. And then you get this BS hands to the face penalty. And Trey Flowers, when he was, just to give a background on Trey Flowers, I believe what they call that is like a stinger rush. It's basically where you go with your left or right hand, you lock your elbow out, and you keep that distance separated from the offensive lineman. You push up so he loses balance. So credit to Bakhtiari there, though, too, because he went to the officials a few plays before and told them about hands to the face, and he sold both of those. Oh, yeah. Hard. Yeah, and then you get, and they go down the kick field goal, get the game closer, and then he does it again in crunch, uh, they score a touchdown, and then in crunch time, the official calls it again. And I'm sorry, Packers fans, you're sharing this dumbass picture out there of, oh, he put hands to the face. I'm sorry, that is a tenth of a second. You're seeing there, the official does not see that. I could freeze frame, and I can freeze frame three offensive linemen doing a face mask on the same play. But it is so fast, you can't see it. And I think that's one problem, is that the, the officials, I, I don't know, it's just it's so frustrating as a Lions fan because we continually get in these situations where we win ball games, or you think you're going to win ball games, and then some bullshit call happens, or the exception to the rule happens. You have Golden Tate against Atlanta two years ago, who 
gets into the end zone, but they call him down at the half-yard line and say, oh, by the way, you have no timeout, so there's a 10-second runoff. Game's over. What? <laughs> that was such a shitty one. And, 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 I mean, that's just a shitty thing. And if we want to talk about questionable calls, Marvin Jones goes up for a pass, and he gets absolutely just... He got clotheslined. He got clotheslined. Ball's not even close, and there's no call. And then fans are saying, well, Patricia needs to challenge that call. He may need to challenge it, but there's only been one pass interference challenge overturned all season. Through week, going into week seven, one call. Why would Matt Patricia do that? Because he knows he might have a might shot. Need that timeout. Later. He might need that timeout. I mean, that was a good call. Um, so you have all these situations where the referees are taking over the game, and you can read into some things online that supposedly there's a better out there that is betting, that. is on all that head of officiating's games that he's in. He's betting on those. In the Packers game, he got some massive payday. So, I mean, you could look into that. I mean, you could say, hey, is this another NBA it's referee? A, it's a real issue. I mean, it is a real legal issue. legal sports betting now. That kind of stuff. It's happening. It's going to happen. And, you, and it, when this kind of stuff happens, you have to ask yourself, Did this, was that game a part of this? Because it sure as hell looks that way. I mean, I don't want to put the tinfoil hat on and I don't want to spread this conspiracy theory that the refs are betting against the Lions and yada, 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 yada. But you know things are bad when Barry Sanders, the quietest dude in the history of sports, tweets and say, that's bullshit. You know, it's also bad when Charles Woodson, who played for Green Bay... Clay Matthews did the same thing! Yeah. I mean, when they both say, like, this is bad. Yeah. And then... As Lions fans, I'm calling you out to quit saying, well, if we only did better and we didn't kick field goals, I'm calling you out because you're giving officiating an excuse now. You're saying, hey, well, if we did better, we wouldn't be in those situations. And I'm the same person that says that all the time. But if you use that argument in this game in particular, you're bailing out the referees. You're See, I kind I get it. I understand that argument. I completely understand that argument. But if TJ Hawkinson catches that touchdown pass, you're not in that situation. Right, no. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Like, I'm not saying play better. I'm saying the plays that were there that you didn't make, make those plays, and then it doesn't matter. Now, I agree. All these calls were horseshit. They were terrible calls, horrible timing, but not a single one of those penalties you said cost them points. Not a single one of those penalties was on a scoring play. No, they weren't, but then they kept drives alive, and I understand how how that whole thing works, and I completely agree with it, but... I mean, I've I've seen it all. We've all all seen it. I mean, that's my biggest thing. Like, the Hawkinson one is the biggest one to me, because he caught the ball in an end zone and then dropped it. Make that play, we're not having this conversation. Well, and then on the flip side of it, you can say, carry on Johnson needs to be better. Mm -hmm. He needs to have better ball security. He needs to stop holding the ball out when he's doing goal line dives. He needs to be better. Hawkinson needs to be better in the red zone. I mean, you're you're an eighth round pick. You're the eighth pick in the draft overall. You got to start making those catches. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I agree with that. But as Lions fans, at what point do you not say we got to? I mean, the line. I mean, Stafford is putting career high numbers up right now. He's only thrown two interceptions, so it ain't him. Not Stafford. Um, you just all season between Kansas or two losses, we've lost by five points. Mm-hmm. 
five points. All that separated, separates us, and you could argue the Arizona game, one brain fart, you're undefeated right now. You are, you are in the same class as 49ers and the Patriots right now. So, and I know that stats aren't the be-all, end-all, but did the Lions really deserve to win that game? I mean, 22 first downs to 13 first downs, 447 yards to, to 299 yards, 56 rushing yards from a team that says they want to run the ball to 170 rushing yards for the Packers. I mean, if you look, if you just look at the, the stat sheet. What's the time of possession, though? That Because that's where a lot of those yards Seven are. minutes different? That's half a quarter. Sure, but... Eight penalties for 50 yards. But how three sacks. Were, but how many of those eight penalties were, were bullshit sure. calls? 45 well, yards of that are bullshit. Sure. I'm just saying, I mean, yeah, the calls are bad, but the numbers aren't good. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's, tough, to it's tough. It's They were in a position to win the game 100%, and the, mm-hmm. the calls that were made obviously influenced that game greatly, but can I sit here and consciously say that they were head and shoulders the better team and deserved to win that game? I don't know. And that's that's a fair point. I will will not argue that. You cannot say they came in head and shoulders and they were better than the Packers because they weren't. I can't sit here and tell you that they were because they weren't. Because if they weren't, we we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, But they definitely... I don't know. I, you don't want to sound like the fan base that keeps saying, oh, we were screwed, we were screwed. But I, 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 I agree the officiating has to be better. Uh-huh. There's an, and, and that's the NFL as a whole, not just this Right. Game. I mean, any game you watch this year, it's been bad. Well, and you look at, and the question is, is that how does that get better? And what needs to happen is the NFL 1 needs to start paying these guys better. Because you've got Dean Blandino that's on CBS. You've got, I can't remember his name, it's on Fox. I thought Blandino was on Fox. Blandino, or maybe... Blandino's on Fox for college. Blandino's on Fox, and who am I thinking? Is it uh, Sterator? Is he on CBS? Or is it uh, Pereira? Pereira. Mike Pereira is on CBS, and then you got another guy on ESPN. That's Sterator. That's Sterator. So you've got three guys that have the experience... But they're on network TV. Mm-hmm. So now you have, I think it's like Al Ribeiro or something like that, who is the head of officiating for the NFL, who is getting orders directly from Goodell. Which Goodell, everybody knows, is not most up and up commissioner <laughs> what? in the face, on, on know, the face of the earth. Talking about. So the question becomes, and how do you fix it? Because my, my question would be, is what is their off-season regiment like? I mean, these right. the, the NFL... Is supposed to be America's sport. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be the greatest thing in America. And the, the players kill themselves year-round oh, to yeah. be in the NFL. How much work and classes and training and all this are these referees going through? Because mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet it's not very much. Right. And, you know, and I think and like, there's not a lot. I, I, I agree. I don't think there's a lot. And I think you have to ask what... If you're just going to piss and moan about the officiating, what ideas do you have sure. to prove this? And my idea is you have, if you don't have an official in New York, you have an official that is in the box at every game. At each game, you have a head, like one. An eye in the sky. An eye in the sky. And all you have to do, 
take 10 seconds say, yep, penalty. Nope, penalty. On subjective calls? On subjective fight. calls. Yeah. But like if it's offsides or things like that, it is what it is. Yeah, like, if it's a blatant hold, it's a blatant face mask, let it fly. But if it's a hands to the face, if it's a pass interference, do what college football does for targeting. Sure. You have to review it. And, and it I, doesn't need to be the damn referee going over looking at a screen. No, not at to all. To me, that's the stupidest thing in the world. You're going over looking at a screen, but it doesn't matter because the dude right. on your headset's telling you what you're doing. So that shit's a waste right. of time. You could still speed it up. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I yeah. don't want to get into a reviewing every penalty because then you get yeah. into a big can of worms. Right. And, I, you know, and I, I would agree with that. But I think if you have subjective calls... Take 10 seconds, have the high end guy, and if the high end guy has to call New York, let him call New York. Well, my thought process on it is you look at it and you have 10 seconds to decide, and if you can't decide, then it stays the way it is. See, and that's, I mean, and that's fair. If you have to look at it and you have to, well, maybe, no, then it stays. We're, yeah. We're not doing well, maybe. Yeah. We're not doing well, let's look at this thing. No. It's yes or no, what does it look like? Because when you slow it down, mm-hmm. anything looks bad in slow mo. Yeah. You can find a penalty on every single play in slow Well, yeah, because you do the tenth of a second, right? The hundredth so of a second. So you need to watch it real time, mm-hmm. and you got you got like we're looking at this wall. You got five different angles right there. Watch mm-hmm. it real time. That's a really bad call. That mm-hmm. needs to be a pi. Mm-hmm. So there, get yeah. it down, done, go. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And I think that's what it needs to become. I hope that instances like. Monday lead to something like that? I doubt it does. It's not going to be something that happens quick. No, it's not. And I mean, it, it took a big step for the NFL to be able to challenge pass interference calls, which I feel like aren't doing anything. Because <laughs> they're laughing at it. Like, yeah. yeah, you can challenge it, but we're not going to overturn it. Yeah, we're not going to overturn it, because it's subjective. It's going to have to be blatant. It's going to have to be blatant. And I mean, hell, even blatant calls are not even doing it. Sure. So, I mean, if I'm Martha Ford and I'm Bob Quinn, owners' meetings happen this week in Orlando. First thing I'm doing yesterday morning is going to Goodell and the head of the fishing saying, what are you doing? What are you going to do? Because in this division right now, you have one game separating first and last place. One game. That game could be the difference between Lions making the playoffs or not making it. Because that's the way the NFC North is shaping up right now. Well, yeah, that game changed it. They went from first place to last place. Yeah, they went from first to last in in no time. So, I mean, if I'm Martha Ford, these guys are busting their ass for, you could say, 20 games with the preseason. Camp, everything. They're putting their bodies on the line to give my city and give me money. Because, let's face it, line tickets are cheap. And... You, as the owner and GM, you have accountability to those players. You have to go in and say, hey, guys, I know this didn't work out, but this is what I'm doing. That's what a leader does. I don't know if that ownership is going to do it. I don't think Martha will. I don't think Martha will. I don't think Martha will. I don't don't even know if Bob will because Bob seems very timid to me. If I'm at Patricia, I'm saying, guys, Monday's over. Let's focus on the Vikings. See, you have to if you're there. You have to you because if back. you hang up, Diggs and Thielen are going to eat you and Cook are going to eat you alive this week. And you're hoping Thielen does. Well, I, I would like to get some points from Thielen this week. <laughs> um, so I guess then that kind of wraps up my Monday night rant. Um, so then looking forward, like I said, we play the Vikings this week. If you do, if you look at the boxes, our secondary plays the most man in football right now. We only blitz like 9% of the time, which I think needs to change. But 
you look at that, we basically could equalize or neutralize Thielen and Diggs. So I'm not worried about that. My worry is the run game. Dalvin Cook has been incredible this season. Can we stop Dalvin Cook? That's the question. Offensively, I'm not as concerned as I was after Monday night because watching the Monday night game, Packers have a pretty damn good defense. Stafford needs to make better calls at the line. He needs to make some hot routes. He needs to make some changes. But in the ancient, in, in a nutshell, I, you look at all the games for the rest of the season for Lions, and they're all winnable. They're all very oh, yeah. winnable games. I think I don't think Kirk Cousins is anything great. I I think I think they're one big loss from a mutiny against them. Yeah, I would agree. So my my biggest takeaway with this week is kind of like we said with Michigan, this is a very must-win game for the mm-hmm. Lions. And it's not must-win for the fact that if they don't win, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they need it for that locker room. Oh, yeah. They need this win to just say, look, things have been bad, rough loss against the Chiefs. Monday night happened. We're still here. Mm-hmm. We're still good. So that locker room needs that mm-hmm. win to just keep ascending because they don't have the bye week anymore now no. to recover. They've used that up. So very, very important game. They need to win this game. Well, and you could argue that they need to win this game, and they need to get better on run defense because you've got Cook this weekend, you got Saquon next weekend, then you go to Oakland, and then you got Zeke. So you've got three top-tier running backs in a month month stretch. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope that we can come in. I, I do like the Lions in this game. I do think... They are going to come out with a chip on the shoulder, and I hope they carry that chip the rest of the season. I don't want them to be stupid. Yeah, they do too. But I like them. I think it's a. I think this is a very different Lions team, and I think fans need to fully embrace it. I. I mean, I've never been a Matt Stafford guy. You know that. <laughs> Multiple people know that. What? But that that dude, and I've. I, I wish I could find it. There was an article that paralleled him and John Elway. I'm not saying he's John Elway, but you look to John Elway in his 20s, yeah, he had really good years, but he had really bad teams. And then he hit 30, and then it just, whoop, he just ascended. And that's the parallels are there. Now, whether or not that's going to happen, that remains to be seen. But if they keep having these good teams that they have right now... <laughs> What's to say they can't make the playoffs? What's to say they can't finally get a playoff game under their belt? What's to say that Stafford doesn't lead us to round two, maybe even the title game? Because this is a good team. There's talent there. There is talent there. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, it, like I said, it's it's a make or break game. Oh, absolutely. It's gonna you'll learn a lot about this team this week. Mm-hmm. So. You got any other thoughts? Anything else you want to do before we shut this down? We're a little longer this week, but I think we needed to. Yeah, I think we need to let out. some demons out. No, I I mean I've got nothing. No state this weekend. They need to rest up, get their heads right, get ready for Penn State. Hopefully, Michigan exposes the Nittany Lions this weekend. But I don't think offensively it's going to matter. So let's let's hope. So I think we're we're going to shut it down and we'll. Uh, We'll be back next week, and we'll have a college football playoff. First pairings to touch on and some more games and a couple big games coming up next week. So, go Blue. Go Lions.